words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The Gospel of John is all about signs and wonder. Each sign, every wonder, each epiphany radiates from Jesus of Nazareth because Jesus is the light of the world. In him was the light. Those are the words from the prologue of John that so many of us love. And John asserts that Jesus' light is more ancient than anything else in the world because he was in the beginning with God. So all the signs and wonders radiate from that ancient light. John's gospel of signs and wonder begins with wonder-filled poetry and then goes directly to the baptism of Jesus, which is the gospel that we had last week. And today we land in the wedding in Cana in a party. It was in that most festive of community gatherings where Jesus changes water into wine. Jesus' miraculous signs are always set in the course of human events, ordinary events, sometimes special events like a wedding, but things which most people experienced and knew. Because Jesus asked us to see that the word becomes flesh not by being wrapped in piety or sacralized in magic or shrouded in mystery, but in the midst of us, in the course of human events. Jesus cared about the people at this wedding. He cared about them deeply, so much that he went to Cana in Galilee to celebrate their marriage. Were they family, maybe? Were they friends? Were they disciples? And that's why the disciples were also invited. We don't know for certain. All we know is that Jesus was there with his family, friends, and disciples. And we know that marriages lasted for days, so it was a commitment for him to be there. It was the third day of the marriage celebration when the sign of hospitality and abundance happened right at the point where supplies were running out much earlier than expected. And this is a big deal. And that time and place, if the supplies had run out for the party and the feast, it would have been an amazing, lasting disgrace. To run out of provisions for the invited guests was shameful. The bride and groom would have been disgraced. Their wedding celebration would have had a lasting shame as its memories, and they would have been talked about for the rest of their life in unpleasant terms. And Jesus cared. He cared about these people. Mary said to the servants, Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to the servants, do whatever Jesus tells you. 
Do whatever he tells you. And eventually Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. Fill the jars with water. And the servants, not knowing why he said this, because it wasn't time for purification rites, they not only filled them, put a little bit of water or halfway or to the top, they, they, they not only filled them, but they filled them to the brim. They did what Jesus said, and they did it in abundance. This is such an important moment of faithfulness here, because Jesus said fill them, and they filled them to the brim. They followed his commandment with enthusiasm, not knowing what he was planning on doing, because he had never done it before. They stepped out in faith because Jesus said so. And Jesus' first miracle is one of hospitality and compassion in order to save the humiliation and disgrace, in order to save the shame from this young couple's life. It was a miracle of hospitality and compassion even when he felt not ready, he was ready. And that says to us, when we don't feel ready to step out in faith, do it anyway. Do it because you are ready. It was a miracle of fullness where there was emptiness. It was a miracle of beginnings where there seemed to be an end. Jesus invites us to participate in everyday miracles of hospitality and compassion, of readiness and fullness and beginnings where there only seem to be endings and emptiness and a lack of conviction. He invites us to participate in this transformation so that we, too, in the course of ordinary human events may see a miracle. He invites us to fill emptiness, shortcoming, and brokenness with compassion and hospitality to the brim of our lives. Jesus' miracles are not meant to just astonish and impress with his power and ability. But they are meant to draw us into his mission of justice, mercy, and love for the other. C.S. Lewis wrote, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. So Jesus invites us into that perspective and into that life's work and life's mission to join him in filling what is empty in our lives, in ourselves, in our community, in our world to the brim with faithfulness and participation in transformations of abundance and grace. So many of you know, or knew, or have read some of the work of the poet who died this week, Mary Oliver. And 
the serious poets did not like her very much. They thought she was a little light because some of her words were uh, used in uh, Pinterest uh, slogans and that kind of thing. They're quotable. But her words have resonated in the lives of many who are dealing with loss or grief for some time or are just looking for connection. And in her poem, Logos, she actually meditates on some of Jesus' miracles. She writes, why worry about the loaves and fishes? If you say the right words, the wine expands. If you say them with love and that felt ferocity of that love and the felt necessity of that love, the fish explode into many. Imagine him, Jesus, speaking, and don't worry about what is reality or what is plain or what is mysterious. If you were there, it was all those things. If you can imagine it, it is all those things. Eat, drink, be happy, accept the miracle. Accept, too, each spoken word, spoken with love. <coughs> Today, we commemorate um, the birth of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. His birthday is January 15th. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the end of his life. I read in an article that it is said that his last words were, Ben, make sure you play Take My Hand, Precious Lord, at my funeral. Play it real pretty. He said that just before he stepped out onto a balcony in Memphis, Tennessee, where a gunman shot him a single time, ending his life. Dr. King was led by the hand of the Lord to fill jars that seemed empty with water, his words, his gifts that would transform. His words of faith filled places of shame and filled broken hearts and drew people out of the despair of injustice, disgrace, and shame. They drew people out of what he called the starless midnight of racism, and they called people to do the thing that Jesus asked the servants to do today. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. He said, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Two months before he was killed, two months before he was killed, King said with unfettered emotion these words at the end of a sermon, these words that spoke about his mission and the most important things in his life. He said, I'd like somebody to mention on that day the day when he dies, that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. 
I'd like for somebody to say that day that I tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the war question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. And I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had a gift that many of us don't have. But as it said in the epistle today from 1 Corinthians, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And in this miracle gospel today, and in the words of the man we commemorate today, we are all invited to look at our gifts that we do have. The gifts identified in the gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians. That list of gifts of healing and wisdom and encouragement and faith. And to step out together as a church so that people will say of us that we used our gifts serving others, that we tried to love somebody as Trinity Episcopal Church Houston, that we tried to feed the hungry in our day and time, and we tried to clothe the naked in our community, and we tried to visit those who were prison and in need in our neighborhood, and that we tried to love and serve humanity with all our gifts and all our resources and all of our faith. And if we can do that in some small way, then we'll be able to say, as Mary Oliver did in her poem, that I want to say all my life that I was a bride married to amazement, that I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of arguments. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. So we are called invited, shown compassion and hospitality as our life's work by Jesus, by the prophets, and by the poets today. May we take that with us into our ordinary human events. Amen. <laughs>